What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to another episode here on Arrowhead Live. It's episode number 30. I am Johnny Kane, and it's Super Bowl week. We are now just four days away from the biggest game we have seen in Kansas City for the Chiefs in over 50 years. And it's now time to look at this game from an analytic standpoint and a betting standpoint as well, because you look at how a lot of games go. The Super Bowl, first off, one of the most bet on events that Vegas has throughout the year and one of just probably if not the biggest event that is bet on throughout the year in sports as well in this game and you look at it as well Vegas a lot of times when they set their props their lines pretty often it's pretty close to how the game is going to go so I feel like we wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we didn't take a quick look at kind of how betting sets up for this game and maybe some things to look at some fun prop bets as well and joining us today with fun show playing ahead Dustin Gosa he's here with me this is his fourth Super Bowl he runs analytics a lot for college football and also he has had now four three Super Bowls underneath his belt this will be number four so he's going to join us today and kind of go over some numbers some things to look at because when you look at it, this game, really, you can analyze it from a betting standpoint and get a pretty good idea of possibly how this game was going to go. So, Dustin, thank you for taking the time, man, and joining us. I know it's kind of crazy to think that, and it still isn't quite set in for me, that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. I know that changes a little bit of things from a betting standpoint that finally you have a dog in the fight. Yeah, first off, thanks, Johnny, for having me on. Like you said, it's it's different because I'm not used to this scenario where I'm running analysis for Super Bowl for Kansas City. I'm usually looking at these other teams and other players' props and whatnot, and got really excited looking at some of these props. And I mean, first night, as soon as we won the AFC Championship, I was right there doing my homework for the game, looking at the opening numbers. I was just super excited for this, but not only from a betting standpoint, but from a fan's perspective, we're just excited to be here. And, you know, no matter what happens on Sunday, I think it's going to be a good one, and it's going to be a lot better than the last Super Bowl. And also, you look at this matchup, it couldn't be a more even matchup when you look at it on paper. I mean, the Chiefs and 49ers, the Chiefs, they average 28.2 points per game, fifth in the NFL, 49ers 29.9, that is second in the NFL. And both defenses playing well right now. The Chiefs defense gives up just over 19 points a game. Same thing for the 49ers. The Chiefs are seventh ranked in points allowed defensively, 49ers, they are eighth. So what, I mean, what is going to give? This seems like it on paper, this is about as even as a matchup as you could get. Yeah, looking at the numbers, it's it's scary how, how close these numbers are. They're down to, to decimal points on how, how close they are, and that goes all the way to the special teams, I mean, down to the kickers, the punters, everything. And I think this is one of the, the games and mainly one of the Super Bowls that I, I've seen in the past couple of years that is not only the one of the longest that I've ever had to look into a game, but it's also the one of the closest. And I think it, when you look at it, I think it's – going to be whether it's an interception a fumble a kick return for a touchdown I think that's really what's going to decide the game here uh, I don't think it's just going to be offense versus defense you know and there are a lot of things you do have to look at for this game and there's a lot of things that people have already talked about so we won't try to bore you a whole lot with things that I'm sure you probably already heard but we got to look at this game a little bit because the one thing that people have looked at is how will Patrick Mahomes and this Kansas City Chiefs offense get do against the vaunted San Francisco 49ers defense that, as mentioned, has only given up 19 points per game, only gives up 281 yards per game, which is second in the NFL, and they are also only giving up 169 passing yards per game. That is number one in the NFL. So when you look at this from a standpoint as far as the Chiefs offense gets the 49ers defense, what are a couple things that you look at? One of the first things I start with is is the line. Um, I really think that the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs has to step up in this game. Uh, that defensive front is is kind of scary for the 49ers, and it allows the secondary to get the you know pass yards per game down as low as it is. They really creative 
a lot of opportunities for them to, you know, get interceptions, knock the ball away. And they don't really give quarterbacks that much time. And I think it's just one of those games where even if they're not trying to get sacks, I think they're going to try to contain Mahomes so he's not outside of the pocket creating second and third plays because, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, everybody knows that you can only guard Tyreek Hill for so long. And also, you mentioned trying to contain Patrick Mahomes. That's really what has won the Chiefs the last couple of games has been Mahomes with his legs. He's led the team in rushing in the two playoff wins. And you look at Mahomes, he's not a guy that coming into this year and really as of last year, just coming into the NFL that you looked at as really a threat with his legs. But he is a very, very athletic guy, three-sport athlete. So obviously he is, he is an athletic guy. But just from a running standpoint, that does present some problems that you got to think the 49ers are really going to take a look at. Yeah, some of the numbers were really interesting to me when I seen Patrick Mahomes in the last game uh, against the Titans. He was around 19 to 22 rushing yards, and he surpassed that and you know one run at the very end of the first half. So, like you said, he's not a guy that you really expect to run a lot, especially with the the knee injury, you know, early in the season. But now that we're here and we're at the Super Bowl, we're late into the playoffs. I wasn't too surprised that we got to see him on the ground, but I didn't think he'd be he'd be tearing it up, you know, more than our starting running backs would be. And you look at it too from the Chiefs' offensive standpoint. This really, honestly, feels like one of the first couple of games that the Chiefs actually have everybody at full strength, both offensively and defensively. Because I mean, we've had Chris Jones out for a couple of games. Patrick Mahomes missed a couple of games. You had Sammy Watkins out for a game. Tyree Kill. And really both offensively and defensively, though, this seems like one of the first real games since maybe early on in week one that we have had a Chiefs at full strength. Yeah, it just seems like there was always that one person hurt or they were ready to come back and Andy or the enemy had, you know, hey, guys, we'll next week, next week, you know, we're working for the playoffs and we're not working for right now. And I feel like that kind of uh, has benefited the Chiefs in the long run. And like you said, Having everybody at full strength is a, is a different animal. Um, everybody talks about this 49ers defense and, oh, the Chiefs have never seen a, a defense like this. Well, I also don't think the 49ers have prepared for an offense like this. I mean, the closest that they came was uh, Baltimore, and, and that was a, a very rainy game where both teams had to run the ball, and it came down close, and Baltimore snuck away with a Justin Tucker field goal. But when you look at it from, from that standpoint, I think that game would have went a whole lot differently for San Francisco and for you know Baltimore if that game would have been played under fair conditions. I think the, the Chiefs really can, can stand to fight in this, and a lot of people are, are kind of backing them down and saying you know they're, they're not ready for the 49ers. And I think it's the, the exact opposite. I think the 49ers really don't know what to expect out of Andy Reid in this, this high-powered offense. And you talk about the 49ers' defense. They do do some different things that a lot of teams don't normally do. They play a ton of zone coverage. I think it's around 70% of the time they're in zone coverage. And that's something that... Mahomes in his career in these two years has just absolutely shredded as a zone defense, but they kind of play it a little bit different. They go more with the kind of a cover four look defensively. So what are just some things that the 49ers do that could possibly present the Chiefs with some problems? So I actually found an article from uh, Warren Sharp. He's an analytics expert and an NFL consultant for a couple teams. And if I'm right, it's around seven to nine teams consult him for his analytics, uh, mainly in the defensive department. But San Francisco is number one in the league in their cover four. In their cover four, they are number one in the league. They're allowing uh, 54% completion rate, and they're only giving up 5.31 yards an attempt. And uh, their sack rate goes through the roof. It's it's almost 14, 14.5%, where the league average is only at about 8%. So they're almost you know doubling what the league average is for a sack rate. And a lot of it comes down with the cover four. They disguise it at the line as a cover three. And in order for a cover four to work with... Uh, 
your secondary, you have to have a lot of good communication within your secondary. And they have, you know, Sherman, Witherspoon, Tart, and Ward are very, very good at communicating pre-snap who's got who. Once it progresses into the into the zone, it switches to a man coverage. So you cover your man down the field once they hit your zone. They use it against uh, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson a lot because they know that if they get enough time, they can pick apart a zone coverage and they can kill on their feet. So what they do is they they shift these guys off, let them play a little bit of man once they get into these zones, and they really force you to make a play real short yardage and not very long yardage opportunities. They've only given up a total of eight pass attempts over 20 yards in this cover four. Zero have been complete and one has been intercepted. So they're one of these teams where – they're number one in short yardage when it comes to short passes, but they're 14th in long passes guarded. So they could use this cover four a lot when they know the ball is going to go deep. And I think that's one thing that they're going to use a lot against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to try to disguise it and really kind of cause a hesitation for Patrick Mahomes. And when they cause that, pat- uh, that hesitation, they're going to force Patrick to make some you know, some throws that he doesn't want to make or they're going to – some fast passes. And I really think it's one of the, going to be a, a Tom Brady-type scheme where he's going to have to snap the ball and get it out of his hands as soon as he gets it on a couple plays. So do you look at this game as possibly in one of those where Travis Kelsey can probably have another big game and even you got to look at probably Damian Williams out of the backfield even? Yeah, I, I think it is going to be one of those things where the players that are close to the line of scrimmage and are – closer to a Patrick Mahomes are going to benefit a lot from this. I think the wide receivers on the outside, uh, mainly Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins, they're going to be running a kind of deeper routes, more crosses, even uh, Demarcus Robinson, just to kind of distract that defense and com- take those zone coverages kind of deeper into the uh, into the field. And I, like you said, I think Travis Kelsey and Damian Williams out of the backfield, they can get the ball. And once they get the ball in space, they can take it for another seven, eight yards and, and move the chains. And I think that's really what the, the Chiefs are going to try to do here. They're going to try to not go for every single big play. They're going to try to, you know, seven, eight yards here and there, keep the chains moving and, you know, try to grind this one out. And looking at it from a different standpoint as far as the 49ers offense against the Chiefs defense, I mean, a lot of people are looking at it and say the 49ers run game is what really keys them, but we got to stop looking at it as that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a quarterback that is not capable because you look at his numbers for the year, he's thrown for nearly 4,000 yards, he's got 27 touchdowns, although he does have 13 interceptions on the year as well, but Jimmy Garoppolo, he is a quarterback that is fully capable of slinging the ball around a little bit. Yeah, a lot of people you know, kind of put him on the back burner because during these two games in the playoffs, they've they've ran the ball and, you know, Tevin Coleman had his, his time to shine. And then you turn around and you have a Mostert right after that has a, a monster game. And everybody kind of forgets Jimmy G. Well, a lot of people forget that Jimmy G came from that New England Patriots offense and that, that, that whole system where, you know, there's a lot of discipline. And they, let's be honest. He was going to be Tom Brady's replace him, and that's just how, that's how that was going to go. Once Tom decided to step away, and you know they end up giving up a or getting a second rounder for him, and I mean the guy's been a stud ever since he went to San Francisco when they were a dumpster fire and won you know the rest of the games throughout the year. I think he finished the game up or season off five straight wins after they only had one at the time. So you know the guy can play; he really can. And he's a guy that you look at, too. He's not. He's also pretty clutch. I mean, the numbers just kind of speak for themselves as far as his fourth quarter numbers and what he does when the time and the lights shine brightest. Yeah, I was uh, looking into this a little bit. Jimmy G, he's got an 84 QBR in a one-possession game. So we know that he can, he can play when the game's close, no matter what time, time of the game it is. 
He also has a 115.7 passer rating when San Francisco is trailing. And he has a 60% completion rate on passes that are 15 yards or more downfield. Those are all first in the league. Everybody kind of looks at these numbers and are like, oh, they're only they're a little skewed. He's only got 28 games under his belt. Well, he has completed a lot of passes in those games. And like you said, he does have a, a little bit of the turnover bug uh, here and there, a, little, a couple throws that he, he shouldn't make. But the guy the guy's a gamer, and he, he really loves, loves the game. And it's just one of those things where if you give him enough time, I think you can pick that defense apart, you know, the same way Tom Brady can or Patrick Mahomes can. I'm, there's a reason that he's here, and it's it's not just the rushing attack. I think Jimmy G is somebody that we really need to look into in this game as well. Yeah, and he's also a guy that not only in the pocket, but outside of the pocket, he can really kill you too. He's kind of almost like a Mahomes a little bit, and obviously he doesn't have quite the skill set that Mahomes does, but outside of the pocket, I mean, he's pretty lethal. Yeah, I was listening to Vegas Stats and Information Network earlier, and uh, Mitch Moss came on and he had mentioned a stat that really stuck out to me. Jimmy Garoppolo, when he's outside of the pocket, he has a passer rating of 154.0, which, and I know that's kind of a short, uh, I mean, a little amount of games to judge this by, only 28, but it, it is the best of all time. You look at it from any quarterback perspective, and I just think that that number really, really stuck in my mind, and it, it kind of amazed me. So when you look at this game from a whole, it seems like on paper it is set to be a very, very close one. And Vegas seems the same way, thinks the same way as Kansas City is a one-point favorite, one-and-a-half-point favorite in some places, over under 54-and-a-half. And Kansas City money line minus 120, 49ers plus 100, minus, plus 105 as well. So looking at this game from a betting standpoint, it looks like it really is going to come down to the wire, especially according to Vegas. Yeah, like you said, to begin the show, Johnny, Vegas is one of those where they run a lot of simulations and they go through a lot of analysis to determine the box score of games. And that's one place I like to start when I'm looking at a game like this is I try to run my own box score of how the game's going to start and run through. And what took me the most time in this was trying to decide, you know, with just the Chiefs minus one, Chiefs minus one and a half, is they really think this game is going to be a pick It's going to come down to, you know, a field goal or a last-second touchdown by a team. They don't think this is going to be one of those, you know, real high-scoring affairs where it's just going to be, I mean, a straight-out shootout where one team just, you know, pulls ahead and wins by 14 or anything like that. They, This is one of the first Super Bowls that we've seen that's so close that you don't have to look at a four-point, six-point point spread when you're looking at a team you're really looking at okay who's going to have the final possession who's going to have the final possession of the first half type deal now it's time to look at this game from a betting standpoint numbers heading in from vegas kansas city minus one minus one and a half over under 54 and a half kansas city money line minus 120 49ers plus 100 plus 105 in some places so now let's bring in caleb gearing he's a good buddy of mine and also over 16 and a half thousand followers on twitter caleb gearing 24 you can find him on twitter this is his eighth year of capping games he is seven and two in the nfl this year he's been on a couple of the top las vegas podcasts deep dive one of them over 40,000 followers on that one so caleb has a pretty good track record so caleb first off man thank you for taking the time and joining us really appreciate it it's just hard to believe a fellow chiefs fan now that we are finally here in the super bowl Oh, I, I agree 100%, Johnny. I never thought this day would come, and uh, yeah, Chiefs Kingdom, it's finally here, so let's enjoy it. Let's let's get this thing. And this game, just looking at it from an overall standpoint, it seems to be on paper so even. I mean, you look at it just from the analytic numbers, Chiefs offense, they are fifth in the NFL, 49ers offense, they are second, Chiefs defense, seventh in the NFL, 49ers defense is eighth. 
So when you look at this, is this one of the hardest games just by a number standpoint to look at and probably cap? Oh, it's 100% the hardest to cap. It, it really is. I think Vegas has done a really good job here of setting the numbers up. Obviously, some cash is coming in on the over-under now, kind of inflating that total a little bit. But I feel as far as the line goes, it's very even. You have 52% of the money coming in on Kansas City. You have 48% coming in on San Francisco. And, and it's it's holding strong right there at one and a half. I honestly thought we'd see a lot more money coming in on San Francisco as the week has progressed, which is why I've been waiting on the line to drop a little bit for Kansas City because I do want to try to get them at a minus one or maybe close to a pick em. But the number's holding strong right now at one and a half, and uh, this is a tough one to call. And we talked about it a little bit earlier before you came on with us, but it seems like the Super Bowl, obviously always one of the biggest games that is bet on throughout the year, if not the biggest game that is bet on. So what do you look at when you look at a game like the Super Bowl? Where do you start when you look into capping a game like this? Yeah, so the first thing you have to realize is, like you said, it is the biggest game, and so all eyes are going to be on this game, and it's the only singular NFL game that's going on. That's what's different about this game as opposed to the rest of the NFL season. Some numbers get inflated. The market doesn't doesn't change as quickly as it does. But with the Super Bowl, Vegas is always right on top of that. The money's always coming in. So um, you're going to get a lot of sharps in on this game, and you're going to get a lot of public money, which is what Vegas loves. Because it's the Super Bowl, there's a lot of casuals that are just saying, you know what, I'm watching this game with my buddies. We're having a couple beers. We're having a pizza. We're just having some fun. I'm going to throw some money in on it. That's what Vegas loves. And the Sharps are going to take advantage of that. So what you need to understand is while you're having fun, the Sharps are trying to take advantage of that. But what you need to look at in the Super Bowl right now is right now, I would say as far as the line goes, it's, it's very close to the belt. This game is very hard to predict, and I don't think there's an edge on the actual number as far as sides go. But there is money creeping in on the over here. It started out, it opened at about 52, and now it's pushed itself up to 55, 55 and a half at some markets. If that line hits 56, that's a key number in an NFL game because, as you know, you know, eight touchdowns with the extra points of 56, that's tough. And I get that it's the Chiefs offense, and you said both of these offenses really do produce, but in a Super Bowl where everything is tight and, and, and the possessions matter more, you're going to get a lot of, a lot of nerves. You're going to get a lot of running the football, trying to kill time if this game is close. So if this number creeps up to 56, I'm going to be leaning on the under, even though that's not something that, you know, most casual fans like to bet the under, right? Like, but Hey, if it gets to 56, I feel like that is a number where you can definitely find some edge. Hey, Caleb, it's uh, Dustin Gosa here. And I just wanted to start by saying lifelong friend and um, you know, one of my favorite handicappers, whether it's, you know, through the prem and especially with your NFL picks. Just wanted to touch base on a, a couple things uh, with you. The, like you were saying, uh, opening line, it opened at 51, 51 and a half, 52 in some spots, and now it's all the way up to 55. And I'm, I'm with you 100%. A lot of people like betting the over, especially the public, for people that don't necessarily have a dog in the fight. They want to see points, 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 especially with this Kansas City offense. But I'm with you 100% on the, the under 56. If it, if it does happen to get up that high and touch that number, the under's looking really good here. Yeah, absolutely. And and we, we talked about it a little bit before uh, we started recording, too. What Vegas really wants is a, a, a big middle, which is they want the Chiefs 
and the under, right? Because when you think of the Kansas City Chiefs and the way they win football games, you think of exactly that. You think of points. So you're like, okay, if the Chiefs are going to win this game, they're going to put up points, and San Francisco is going to have to keep up with them. Thus, hey, the Chiefs win, right, and the overhit. Um, Vegas is hoping that it's the other way because the, the public Joe is thinking exactly that. If the Chiefs win, this game's going over. So you have some people parlaying picks, Kansas City and the over, right? Same way with San Francisco. If San Francisco wins this game, it's going to be low scoring or at least lower scoring than we're used to seeing, maybe, I don't know, 27-21, right? Because, well, if, if San Francisco wins, that means that they, they kept Patrick Mahomes in that, that explosive offense down a little bit. And so Vegas is looking for somewhat of the middle. They're looking for the Chiefs in the under or San Francisco in the over. And if they get one of those, then they're making bank while most people, well, they're, they're losing their bank. So, Caleb, when you look at this, is this maybe one of those games that for the casual better or someone that isn't quite on as far as hasn't done a lot of betting, maybe you'd look into more some of some player props maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing about player props is it, it's if you want an edge on player props, you're, you're really going for some, some long shots, right? Um, they're going to be somewhere you can get plus money, but for the most part, your player props are – uh, they're going to be pretty juiced. And, and what I mean that for someone who doesn't know what juice is or, or VIG is, is you're going to have to lay more money to get a certain amount of value than you would with an underdog, right? So um, like we were talking about before, there are some that I feel are worth it because I feel the probability is higher than what the juice has given you. So there's an edge percentage there. But there are also others that are ridiculous. I mean, I, I think I saw uh, a, a prop bet where Travis Kelsey receptions over George Kittle, which we, we can both say the way that both of these teams play. Travis Kelsey is probably going to catch more balls than George Kittle. Like, it's just the way both of their offenses are. But it was it was something like minus 250. And, like, yeah, okay. I mean, I get that that's – probable but it's not worth laying that much juice so um if if you're going to look into player props or any kind of props definitely look at those ones where you feel like man they, they've sold this line a little bit uh it, it's a little bit too high and then try on the other side try to find some lines that you're like okay this is too short i can take advantage of this and caleb like you were saying earlier one thing that you touched on was the inflated numbers and how a lot of the, the public comes in and they, they see, you know, minus and plus, and they say, hey, I want, you know, $100 on this. Guy comes in, he goes, oh, well, you're only going to get a $35 return. Well, what about the other side? Oh, well, you know, you'll get 160 Okay, well, give me that other side. And by doing that over and over again, it's starting to inflate the numbers. And like you said, there are sharps out there that start to take advantage of those numbers once they drop to a certain percentage. And like you said, there's certain values in – in player props, but a lot of the numbers are already inflated by Vegas, especially with uh, the Chiefs' passing attack. Some of these numbers should be around, you know, 60, 65 yards, and they already have them up starting at 72, 75, 80 yards because they know the value is going to be on that because a lot of the public money for people that don't usually come out and bet are going to be, you know, hammering the over on these things, not really knowing, you know, what the game's going to look like. They don't really build a box score or anything just on – the first sight, they're like, oh, yeah, Tyreek Hill is going to have 100 reception yards, so I'm going to go on that right now. Yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, you, you nailed it right there. And 
thing, too. Vegas could care less if the Sharps make their money. Vegas is trying to kill the public. And and so if, if let's say, for example, Tyree Kill in most of his games this year has been laying receiving yards at around, I don't, I don't know, 73. Let's just make up a number, right? So you have Tyree Kill almost every week, depending obviously on secondary, who he's going up against in, in matchups. But let's just say he's a solid 73 every week. Most of the, of the public, right, that don't follow the Chiefs or aren't Chiefs fans, they're not going to bet on that, right? So they don't see that. And then you get to the Super Bowl, everyone is on this one game. And that kind of brings back to the point that I brought up earlier. That's one game. So all eyes are on this game. They can try to inflate those lines. Oh, Tyree Hill, the narrative is he's fast, right? He, he's explosive. It just takes one play, which it, it does. But – the value isn't worth it anymore if you drained it from that number because now what was, let's say, 73, they could have inflated to 83, and people might go, oh, 10 yards isn't that much. 10 yards is a lot, and and 10 cents in Vegas is a lot. Like, you want to squeeze every bit of value that you can out of every number that you get on the board, and if you don't, then, honestly, to, to be kind of harsh, you're, you're failing. And when you look at that, I mean, you talk about Tyreek Hill, also a guy like maybe Sammy Watkins. There are a couple guys that maybe their player props and their numbers get a little skewed, but they kind of makes it a little bit tougher because, as you mentioned, they are big play guys, and you never know. It could be one of those games where if they don't get those big plays, those numbers could really be, I mean, you look at it offsetting and kind of look at it as they are numbers that can maybe skew your visual and your thoughts on how things might go. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought up Sammy Watkins too, Johnny, because that is actually one player where I was looking into to some of his props to try to, you know, kind of undercut some people that were overlooking him because everybody wants to bet the big guy. I'm going to bet Mahomes over yards or uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and it kind of gives you a little bit of edge on some guys like the Sammy Watkins, right? I mean, I was looking at a prop earlier where Sammy Watkins was – to get more yards than, I believe, Emmanuel Sanders at minus 145. And it was close to a play for me because I was like, okay, Emmanuel Sanders really hasn't gotten that many targets, especially with the way that the 49ers like to play. And and Sammy Watkins, I believe, is going to get some big chances in this game because I do believe with the way that San Francisco plays a lot of zone, they're going to have a cover uh, cover three up most of the time. They're going to have safeties over the top to to try to take away the – the big plays from Tyreek, they're going to try to double Travis Kelsey. That's going to leave Sammy Watkins a lot of space and a lot of one-on-ones, and I believe he's going to get chances in this game. So I'm glad that you brought that up because the player props can go in your advantage if you're looking at guys that maybe don't get much of the action or sleeper picks like Sammy. Yeah, and so besides Sammy Watkins, who are a couple of maybe player props that you look at and say these are guys that I like as far as their value is and what I think they can do on Sunday? Okay, so just player props? Yeah, we'll start with that, just player props. Okay, so uh, there are a couple that I will be on. Um, I'm going to be on Patrick Mahomes to win MVP at plus 120. Again, the number isn't great for what it represents as far as probability, but I do think this has a good enough shot for plus money as, for a play. You have to think about it this way. Most of your MVPs in the Super Bowl are quarterbacks. And if you truly believe the Chiefs are winning this game, which we'll get to later, then I believe Patrick Mahomes will win MVP at anything past even money is a good bet. So 
Patrick Mahomes plus 120 is a good look to me. A dart that I'm throwing, I'm, I'll put like 10, 20 bucks on this because it, the, the value is way too good. Travis Kelsey to win MVP is also up at plus 1,500. Travis Kelsey is by far Pat's number one go-to receiver, if you want to call him that, tight end. And he's also Pat's number one red zone threat. If he goes off like he does against Tennessee and he gets 100-plus yards, two, maybe three touchdowns, how do you not, you know, give that man MVP? Or how do, how at least are you hanging me plus 1,500 for Pat's number one guy and his number one red zone target? So those are two that I've eyed simply because I feel like one is a high probability of cashing if the Chiefs win, and two – the value is just way too good not to throw a dart. And from the 49ers standpoint, who do you look at maybe as a guy that can give you pretty good odds from an MVP? I mean, you got Jimmy G, he's around plus 200, plus 250. Mostert, he's about plus 500, anywhere around there. And then also George Kittle around 1,700 as well. So what are those guys, any of those guys that maybe stick out to you or guys that you look at? Yeah, I, I think it has to be Mostert. Uh, I, like, I love the way this kid is running. And Tevin Coleman is also injured um so you're, you're looking at now maybe two running backs for san francisco and what they want to do is run the football and they're going to get chances because this chief's team is really good at holding opponents out of the out of the end zone uh they're also really good in their secondary so i believe san francisco's biggest matchup right now is running the football so most starts at win MVP at plus 500 is not bad. Uh, I'm, I'm just not sold on Jimmy G winning this. And, and it goes back to what I said. Usually when your team wins the Super Bowl, you pick the quarterback to win MVP. Right? That's usually what happens. But I just don't see it. I don't see San Francisco winning the game and me looking at Jimmy G at the end and going, okay, that's your MVP. Unless he comes up with some big drive and he wins it surely off of that. I think San Francisco is going to have to put up good numbers on the ground to win this football game. And if they do, Mozart's probably going to be your number one because they're going to carry over everything he did against Green Bay two weeks ago into this game. So I think he'll be the starter. And with Tevin Coleman out, I think you're getting a better number than what you probably would. And uh, Caleb, I'm with you on the the Mahomes, the plus 110, plus 120. I didn't see much value in that because, like you said, it's a – it's not a pretty number, but I also think with the, the Chiefs, if they do happen to win, I think it kind of has to go to Patrick Mahomes. The ball has to go through his hands to end up in, you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, you know, wherever he's going to go with the ball. But I do like the long shots for the Chiefs the same way, like you said, Travis Kelsey. I get, I'm seeing him at 1,600. I'm seeing Tyreek Hill right around 16 to 1,800. I just want to get your thoughts on this for a second. Over in Vegas right now, they have Bosa and Miko Hardman are their biggest liabilities for MVP right now. Both of them are sitting right around uh, 50 to 1, 55 to 1 odds. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I wouldn't lay the number with Bosa just because I believe the Chiefs are going to have a good enough day against Bosa. I think they're going to show a lot of double teams, and I think they're going to double team the edge to try to get Pat out of the pocket. Um, so as far as as Bosa goes, I wouldn't just because also most of the time, I mean, it's always been this way. MVP uh, in the league or in the Super Bowl, it never goes to a defensive guy. I mean, unless they make an absolutely ridiculous stat line, like let's say Nick Bosa gets a strict fumble 
uh, return for a touchdown, something like that. But, you know, Nick Bosa having a monster game, even with like three sacks, I don't think it's going to be good enough to get MVP. So I would stay away from any defensive players, uh, to be completely honest with you. Miko Hardman's an interesting one I would like to back because anytime he's on the field, he makes an explosive play, um, whether that be in the return game or in the slot. But he just doesn't see enough playing time for me to, to really – you know, give him a chance to, to try to catch that. I mean, when he's on the field, he can make one big play, but the problem is the Chiefs have so many offensive weapons that the ball's going to be distributed everywhere, and they're going to get their big plays as well. So, honestly, I would lay off of both of those numbers. Um, I would rather lay it with Travis Kelsey just because, like I said, that's Pat's go-to. That's his security blanket when he gets in trouble. That's his red zone threat. Um, that's a huge part of what the Chiefs are going to try to attack San Francisco with, and that zone defense comes Sunday. So enough with the player props. So obviously your top looks as far as heading into Sunday, some guys that you really like to look at and maybe some best value as well when player props go. But are, any, are there any fun, just goofy maybe play props that heading into Sunday? Obviously Super Bowl, you have commercials, heads or tails on the coin toss, stuff like that. Is there anything maybe you look at? Okay, so tails never fails, right? But I'm not willing to lay any kind of money on a 50-50 coin flip. There's just no logic to that at all. You're just hoping. Um, But I will give you some that are – they're going to be a little juicy, but I feel like the high probability of them hitting justifies an edge for it. Um, One of those being that the game will be tied past 0-0 at minus 180. I actually got this at minus 120 earlier on in the week, and that's another thing. If you're looking to get props in and uh, if you're looking to bet NFL, do it at the beginning of the week. That's where you're going to find your edge. Most of the edge is gone by now because the Sharps have hit those numbers and the public are the only one that are betting into these numbers now. Um, So that's just for future advice. Um, But tied – this game to be tied at past zero zero. So that means if the game's three, three, seven, seven, no matter what, if the game is tied past the start of the game, it caches. And I like that because the game is so close and the line is so close. And two with it opening the game, Vegas finds this game to be relatively close. And I just found that number to be egregious compared to how close Vegas thinks it's going to be for it not to be tied at least one more time past 0-0. So I do like that one. I would still take it at minus 180, to be completely honest with you. I wouldn't go crazy. Um, But, yeah, lay a little lunch money on it. Um, Also, there's one where 28-3, that Super Bowl where Atlanta blew it to the New England Patriots, would be mentioned, and that's at minus 180 now as well. Again, it's juicy, but there's a high chance that it caches because of this reason. Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons when they blew that 28-3 to lead, and he's been getting a lot of heat over that. I guarantee that gets mentioned at least once, and that's all you need. One mention of that, and you cash that bet. I like it. I think both those even juicy, both of those cash. And then you get into a little, a little more fun. I like the Honey Badger to get an interception at plus 400. I think that number is ridiculous. Tyron Matthew lines up everywhere. He lines up as, as a free safety, strong safety, slot corner. I mean, he lines up literally everywhere around the ball. 
And for a team that I feel is going to get some pressure on Jimmy G and throwing downs, I'm taking the chance on Tyron Matthew to get at least one pick at plus 400. I, I think it's worth a shot. And then there are a couple, if you like, the Gatorade colors at the end. I know some people love this bet. I went with yellow and lime at plus 400, and I also went with orange at plus 575. And the reason I did is because either yellow, lime, or orange, they will give you the same. You're like, yellow, lime will be the same line. So it's not three. This is two. Uh, yellow slash lime at plus 400 and orange at plus 575. That's been the color of the Gatorade, the celebratory Gatorade cord in six of the last ten Super Bowls. And it's and it's two of the most popular flavor of, of Gatorade as far as on the sidelines. So I went with both of those um, because even if I split, I make really solid profit, at least two to one profit, two and a half if I'm lucky and I hit the bigger one. So I, I like those darts as well. Purple actually opened up as the favorite in this, which is kind of funny to me, and it opened at plus 1,400. It is now the favorite. It went from the odds-on favorite worst to the best, and it's now even money because Roger Goodell said, came out and said that he was going to have a tribute to Kobe Bryant, and now everyone's thinking that the Gatorade's going to be purple. Uh, it, it could be, right? But at plus 100, when I'm getting five colors of Gatorade, that is terrible. That that's not even worth throwing a dart at. So I'm going to take my chances on yellow, lime, and orange, and uh, hope that I hit one of two. I have a 40% chance to get two and a half or two to one odds back. So yeah, I'm liking that number a lot better. And I'm I'm with you there on the Gatorade shower. It's one of my my favorite to bet as well, Caleb. I like uh, yellow. I actually got yellow at 325 and orange at 400. Uh, I like both of those, and mainly the yellow. I seen Andy Reid was actually drinking some in Week 15, and he poured it out a little bit, so somebody had a little insight and put it on put it on the the Twitter sphere for everybody to to see. So if you like the Chiefs in this game, that you know you're looking at yellow, and like you said, uh, I also have a little bit on purple. I got purple at right around 13, 1400 uh, when it first came out because it was just the long shot, and. Uh, I was just now hearing that news about it jumping to the front runner. I seen it was just like, I mean, the heavy underdog, and for some reason it just came out of came out of the bottom of the pack. But I really like those. Also, uh, the Patriots-Atlanta game that you were talking about, this is one that I looked into. I haven't put anything on it. There is a prop out there you can bet if Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are going to mention the word Patriots in this game. And I think that's a that's a for sure. I mean, whether they're talking about the Super Bowl last year or they bring up the the Atlanta game, don't you think? What what price are you getting that at? Minus two fifty, for the yes, for them to just mention the word Patriots. If if you do that, I would do it small, uh, just just to cover yourself from all the big. But yeah, I mean, it, for some lunch money, why not? Because the Patriots get mentioned every broadcast anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I would take a chance on it for small. I, I wouldn't bet anything big on it, but yeah, you you can definitely uh, you can definitely get ready to hear the word Patriots because. Uh, well, Joe Buck loves the Patriots. So. <laughs> Good insight. 
And obviously, props are some of the funnest thing about the Super Bowl to bet on and just give yourself even more of an interest, maybe more for people that might not have a dog in the fight as well. But now let's look at this just from an overall standpoint. Caleb, just this game overall, KC minus one, minus one and a half, over under 54 and a half. KC Moneyline minus 120, 49ers plus 100 to 105 as well. What is your pick as some of ours, some, maybe two things that are your favorites heading into this game? Yeah, Johnny. So originally, I didn't have a thought on the over-under. I thought it was a very good number uh, opened up, and now the cash has come in on the over. It's inflated it quite a bit. Like like I said at the beginning, if this gets to 56, I get it's the Chiefs, right? I, I get that. But the under is it's way too good not to take at 56. I mean, it's, it's starting to get up there to a ridiculous point. So if it gets to 56, I'll, I'll be on the under 56. As far as Sides go, I'm still waiting because I still expect money to come in on San Francisco. The whole narrative of San Francisco is the better team. Um, they're the more balanced team, uh, both sides of the ball. They don't have a weakness. I'm waiting for that narrative to drive the money towards San Francisco because right now I, I could get the Chiefs at minus one and a half, right? So even if nothing happens, that's the worst number I'm going to get. I don't see this going to Kansas City minus two. I see it going maybe KC minus one or a pick em, and that's where I'm waiting to take the Chiefs. I, I do like the Chiefs in this matchup. I'm just solely waiting. I will say this, though. If you're out there and you're getting minus one and a half and you're scared and you want to take the money line just to get rid of the spread, I honestly wouldn't recommend doing that because you're paying 10 cents for the outcome of the game to be one point in a football game which I get that can be scary and it can happen because it's happened before. But to go from minus 110 to minus 120 on the off chance that the Chiefs win the game by exactly one isn't worth it to me. So um, if you have to lay KC, lay the minus one and a half. I would wait, try to get minus one. Um, I would lay off the money line, but that would be the side I would take. I would take Kansas City minus one, minus one and a half, and I would take the under 56 if it gets there. If it doesn't, I think it falls just short of any number that I would bet into, and most of the over edge is completely gone. So uh, under 56, KC minus one, that's it for me. All right, prediction time. What is your score prediction for Super Bowl 54 with the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers? Ooh, I think this is a little lower scoring of a game than a lot of people think, but I actually think that the Chiefs, I see. I say lower because we're so used to Kansas City in the 40s. I'm going to go Chiefs 30 to 24. I just I love the Chiefs' mismatch of their just offensive weapons everywhere. Do I think San Francisco is a better team? I'm I'm going to be completely honest. As far as as balance in every position, yes, I do. But they don't have the best quarterback in the league. They don't have the best weapons for the best quarterback in the league. And sometimes it's just as easy as this. You look at a team and you go, who has a better quarterback? Like, if this game is as close as most people expect it to be, and it goes on the fourth quarter, and you need your quarterback to make a play, am I trusting Jimmy Garoppolo to go out there and that he's made a couple big throws this year? But on the biggest stage, do I trust Jimmy G to make more important and bigger throws than Patrick Mahomes? With what he has on offense, not not bad weapons, good weapons. Or do I expect the reigning MVP 
to go out there and, and make some plays with his feet, with his legs, and throw out some Moho magic. I think the offensive line for the Chiefs is good enough. I think San Francisco's going to get some pressure. It, they're just too good up front not to. But in the end, I think the Chiefs' offensive line is going to be good enough. And if they give Mahomes enough time back there, I get that the San Francisco defense is good. I don't think their secondary is as great as everybody thinks. They hide a lot of their slow speed with zone coverage. And if Mahomes gets out of the pocket, San Francisco has struggled mightily against mobile quarterbacks this year. Russell Wilson, Tyler Murray. Those are guys that gave them trouble. And the problem, and the reason is, is because they play so much zone coverage that if they don't have anybody spying Mahomes or any token pressure coming, he can just roll out and your zone, it, it, it gets defeated because you have, you have speed running everywhere, finding the wide open gaps in these zones, and Mahomes is going to make those throws. So I think the Chiefs do enough to get this done. I do think it's going to be close, but I think Mahomes – Reigning MVP, he gets one. Big Red gets one, and uh, Chiefs win this baby thirty to twenty-four. Four more days. Kansas City Chiefs will play for a Super Bowl for the first time in fifty years. Caleb, big Chiefs fan, so we really appreciate. It. I know this is a fun one for you, but thank you so much for taking the time and joining us, man. Great insight, and we will look forward to talking with you here soon. Hopefully, absolutely, man. Let's go, Chiefs Kingdom. Let's go get this thing. All right, that was Caleb Gehring again joining us here on Arrowhead Live. And, Dustin, looking at our situation as far as what we like, player and game props, we've also obviously kind of have the same ones as Caleb. So let's go right into our fun, goofy prop bets for the game commercials and such. What are a couple ones you look at? Uh, like Caleb was saying, there's a lot of different props like with Gatorade and certain player props that are real fun to get into. I like looking at the commercial props, Johnny. Certain things of... Um, I'm just going to run through them real quick, and I'm going to see if you like the over, under, or the yes or no on a couple of these. Uh, Trump tweets the day of the Super Bowl, over, under, 13 and a half. Oh, you got to hammer the over in that one. <laughs> Trump is going to make that day about him for sure. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, commercials, total commercials in the Super Bowl, over, under, 92 and a half. Man, that's a tough one. You got to think. I mean, you're going to get quite a few just at halftime alone. <sighs> that's a tough one. I... I'm going to say probably the over, just the fact of so many people want to try to get a commercial in the Super Bowl. I, I do like the over. I know I wanted the over with Trump treats, but I also like that over as well, just to the fact of how many people want to get a commercial in on the Super Bowl. But is that just like brands each, how many times, like how many times they get a commercial themselves or just total commercials? Yep, total commercials. Uh, Pepsi can have 50 of them if they want, but as long as it's a different commercial, a different 30-second to a minute time slot, it counts as one. And – uh you're on just a little bit if you look at it. Uh, the over is just a slight favorite at minus 125. A uh, couple products versus each other. Uh, which will come up first, Cheetos or Heinz Ketchup? That's a tough one because you look at Heinz with Mahomes and the sponsorship there, but Cheetos is such a favorite too. <sighs> I, I think i got to go with Heinz just for the fact of Mahomes being in the Super Bowl. I feel like Heinz is going to use that as an opportunity to really get their brand out there. It's a $2 favorite, and like you said, Mahomes, it's the perfect spotlight for them to get in there. Uh, Pepsi or Coke? Pepsi. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mountain Dew or Toyota? Which one's going to come up first? Ooh, I don't feel like I see a ton of Mountain Dew commercials. I like to Toyota in that one just for the fact that I don't really, off the top of my head, I can't think of a Mountain Dew commercial that I remember just off the top. Yeah, and I think it would favor more of the Pepsi Cola than it would uh, Mountain Dew since it's all a part of the same brand. 
Uh, Pop-Tarts or Doritos? Oh, Doritos all the way. I wouldn't be surprised to see Doritos is maybe one of the first three to five commercials played. Doritos always one of the top Super Bowl commercials. you got to go with Doritos. <laughs> like you said, you just hit, it, hit the nail on the head right there. Doritos is always known for their, their top-tier commercials when it comes to the Super Bowl. Uh, here's a couple that have to do with the game itself that are, are fun ones. Uh, player with a pass attempt, over two and a half. You know you're going to get the two with Garoppolo and Mahomes. Is there going to be a trick play where you have a running back, wide receiver, maybe throw the ball? We've seen it in the Super Bowl the last couple of years. We've seen some different guys. I mean, it could always happen. Maybe a guy gets injured for a player or two. You never want to see that, but that's always a possibility. I, I think you have a chance of maybe getting some decent money off that just because I, I don't think it would come from the Chiefs because, I mean, if you take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, I think Kansas City would riot, but... I wouldn't be surprised to maybe Emmanuel Sanders get in on a little action for the 49ers. That might be something to look at as far as taking the over in. And that's great insight. When I was first looking at that, I was thinking of a running back wide receiver, maybe throwing a trick pass, maybe a Philly special type deal. I didn't ever think of what if, you know, say Jimmy G has to go out for for a play or, you know, Mahomes has to go tie his shoelace on the sideline. Matt Moore comes in, maybe completes a little two-yard out route. Maybe all he has to do is just throw the ball, you know. So, who knows with that one. I thought that was interesting. This kind of correlates with the over. Uh, score in the first six minutes of the game. Yes or no? That's that's tough because Andy Reid does have a history of winning the toss and deferring to the second half. So, if the Niners get it, I can see them trying to go on a you know seven, eight-minute drive and try to run some clock because I think a lot of people look at it for the 49ers is that best offense against Mahomes is keeping the ball out of his hands, the best defense for Mahomes keeping the ball out of his hands. So I wouldn't be surprised that that could happen, but I, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. And uh, last play of the game, being a quarterback rush, yes or no? That think, includes a kneel down. I, mean, I, I think you almost have to go yes on that just for the simple fact of end of the game, I mean – if it doesn't, that means the game's a thrilling game that ends, you know, at literally on the final play of the game. But if you get most games in Super Bowls, you're probably going to kneel down if you have the lead and at the end. So I, that's another tough one. I would say yes, though, probably that a kneel down will be the final play. And my, my last two favorite, uh, I absolutely love the coin toss. It's a lot of suspense right before the game. And uh, Caleb was a little against it earlier for a 50-50 coin toss. And it depends on the number you get. Uh, I like it right around 102 to 105. Um, there's really no uh, numbers to it, uh, although the winner of the coin toss has went on to win the Super Bowl 24 times, and they've lost 29 times. So really, you want to be on the, the opposite end of the, of the coin toss. But I'm on heads this year, uh, personally. Got the one last year, this year. We'll see how it goes, see if we can get a nice little streak going. What do you think? I mean, that's just... It- the coin toss, that's the best way to start off the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, you're going to have the National Anthem in there, too. But the coin toss, it just it takes just a couple of seconds, but it's so suspenseful. gets you off to a good betting start if that's the kind of guy you're into and that's the kind of thing you're into for the Super Bowl. And, I mean, it's only a couple dollars for us or the people that are in on it, but there are a lot of people in Vegas who have thousands and thousands of dollars on basically a quarter coin toss. So it is always interesting. It's very suspenseful for the people that do have the money on that. And my overall favorite, uh, it's been a fantastic one for me over the years, the National Anthem. This year is sung by Demi Lovato. Uh, the over-under opened at 155. It is getting bet heavy, heavy to the over right now, all the way up to about 202, 203 right now. Man. And early predictions 
are looking at it and they're saying it's going to be at 209, 211 by the time this game starts because people keep hammering the over. Maybe some under money will start to come down on it. Uh, what do you think here, John? I See, this is the one where I actually think it will go under just for the simple fact that everybody is on the over and it has inflated that number so much. Demi Lovato, she's been a lot. She's singing the National Anthem a lot of a lot of different places. She's typically around that 155-ish mark, 157 mark. So if it's anything, I think anything 205 or over, you almost can bet the under pretty confidently. So they have probably five or six different angles that you can look at it from where she has previously sung the National Anthem. The previous two were McGregor Mayweather, Back in 2017, she sang it in 2 minutes, 12 seconds, no rush, anything. She had it down to a perfect timing at 2.12. So if you look at it from that, over looks good. However, when Kansas City, the Royals, played the Mets in 2015 for Game 4, she sang it in a minute 58, and she had to slow herself down to get to that number. She was aiming right around 145, and she had to really slow down towards those last two lines. So when you look at it from that perspective, you might have be in an opportunity for a middle here. You know, if you have a certain number, go over. If you have another number, go low. And now let's go ahead and look at our favorite picks for the game. Dustin, we'll start with you. What are a couple just of your favorite picks that you look at as things you're confident in heading into this game? Uh, there's certain things that I see have a lot more value than others, or it's something that really stands out to me. A couple things. I really like the Chiefs in this game. I also have the, the Chiefs with an alternative spread at minus five. You can get them at any basically any spread you want. Five and a half was at plus 150. I got them at minus five at 145. That way, if it does land on five, you do get a little bit of a push. It's not one way or the other. I also like the total sacks in this game by both teams uh, over four and a half. Uh, I like the 49ers to convert a fourth down in this game. And the reason that I like that is because field position to the Chiefs really doesn't matter. They can start at the five-yard line, two plays, they're at the 50. So there's going to be times where Shanahan is looking at this and he's saying, you know, we might have to go for this here because if we punt the ball, we're giving them a free possession where, you know, we might be able to extend the play or extend this drive a little bit further, maybe get down into field goal range, and then we don't have to, you know, punt them the ball, especially when you have some dangerous return men. And especially, I mean, with Patrick Mahomes, anything's possible. Two plays, three plays, 45 seconds, you might be in the end zone. Uh, here's one that I've seen was very interesting to me. Blake Bell, over one and a half receiving yards. One, one catch for two yards. I mean, that that's to me, I look at that, that's that's not a bad gamble. I mean, he had a touchdown a week or so ago, and or a couple of weeks ago, and he's a guy that's been featured a little bit more in this offense. I, I mean, two catches? you got to think with the way that the 49ers are acting like they're going to try to shut down everybody else that maybe they forget about Blake Bell a couple times. He gets a couple catches. you got to like that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. like I said, it's just a little two yards here or there. They're really just expecting him to just one play. Maybe maybe they run a double tight and Travis is you know covered up by two or three guys and Bell's just running down the sideline. Who knows? Uh, the last three that I'm on is I like going with the first touchdown prop. You get a lot of value in those for – some of the guys that you wouldn't necessarily expect. First touchdown of the game by either team. Watkins, plus 1,800. I got Hardman at plus 2,000. And on the opposite side, I got the 49ers. I have Kendrick Bourne at plus 1,800. I also have him as an anytime uh, or first touchdown scorer for the 49ers. 
if the Chiefs happen to score first. I had him at plus 1,200. Kendrick Bourne is somebody that, when you look at of a value standpoint, he's fourth on the team for the 49ers in receiving, but he's tied with George Kittle for most touchdowns for them. And I think that's one of those things where you look at it as he might be one of those players that gets mixed up when it comes down to the red zone and he happens to score a touchdown. Three of those six or seven, I believe, on the year are on the opening drive. So I think there's a lot of value in Kendrick Bourne in this one. All right, prediction time now. Kansas City Chiefs fan, obviously. But what is your prediction for Super Bowl 54? I think this one, Johnny, is it's going to be a grinder. Uh, I think it's going to start off slow for both teams. They're going to try to grind it out. And a lot of people try to say, you know, after halftime, we'll settle down and do this. But both of these teams haven't had time to prepare for a 40, 45-minute wait at halftime. They're, they're used to getting right back into the action. So I think this is going to be a very slow-paced game, a lot of time burn off the clock. I'm really liking the under at 54.5. If it gets to 56, like Caleb said, that's a prime time number to have with the under, especially with all the money going towards the over. So I really think this game is going to come down to just a grinder. And I know I'm, I'm a huge Chiefs fan, but I do firmly believe this in my heart. I like the Chiefs 28-20. I like that number as well. And I'll give my prediction now just because I can. Um, I mean, Vegas has it, KC minus one, one and a half. And we've talked several times that they're not wrong very much of the time where they're pretty close to that number. I like 30-27 Chiefs, something around that. I mean, I just feel like, it almost, I don't want to say it's a destiny right now for the Chiefs to win this Super Bowl, but there's just so much that has gone right. And with Patrick Mahomes healthy, this offense healthy, I don't know if you really can stop this offense. I think there's just too much, and I think they will find a way to pull it out in the end against San Francisco on Sunday. Well, that'll wrap things up for another episode of Arrowhead Live. I want to thank Dustin Gosa for joining us. Dustin, great insight throughout. Man, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Johnny. Thanks for inviting me, and I want to say thanks to Arrowhead Live for having me on. And all I can say is uh, let's go Chiefs Kingdom. Let's let's get a big dub this Sunday. Do what you got to do to uh, cheer on our Chiefs, and hopefully we come out and we get to celebrate on Monday. Chiefs Kingdom, your Kansas City Chiefs are in Super Bowl 54. First time in 50 years. Enjoy it. Don't take this for granted. Although we do have the best player on the planet in Patrick Mahomes, enjoy the moment. Never take it for granted and have fun on Sunday. Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers, Super Bowl 54, 530 kickoff on Sunday. That'll wrap things up. Episode 30 of Arrowhead Live. Thank you for tuning in with us, and we'll greet you again, hopefully, at the Chiefs Super Bowl Championship coming up on Sunday.